Hello. Hello. Uh, I'm Lyle Bruce. Uh, I'm Ryan McLeod. Um, we run uh, Agency of None up in Dundee. We're a design studio and this is the No Opinion podcast where we are exploring what design is. And uh, this week, or this episode I suppose, uh, we went down to Glasgow to chat to James Gilchrist of Warrior Studios. Um and they're the guys who run Graphic Design Festival Scotland. Um, so this is all part of um, some work and some research that we're doing um, because we're curating this year's Dundee Design Festival. Um, so we thought it'd be great to go down and sort of hear about the experiences of, of running Graphic Design Festival Scotland for the last sort of five years and, and how that's worked and where the, the pain points are and where the positives are and um, yeah, just to get a bit of an insight into how that works. They're based down in SWG3, which is a, a very interesting sort of creative space in Glasgow where there's a lot of uh, different facilities for different areas of design, including outdoor space. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great example of sort of this regeneration of old industrial buildings. Um, and they've taken it on a sort of massive scale. Yeah. yeah, it's been around a few years now. And I think every time I go down there, it's changed, you know, drastically. It's like there's something new appears. I remember the first time I went there. Um, it was just a music venue and then I think the second time I went there it was to see a creative studio that was just opening and you had to go in a, a doorway up a dark staircase and kind of get in there through what felt like a complete back entrance and then we went down this time and there's you know a reception <laughs> yeah cafe and uh, yeah it's, it's kind of it develops fast um, which is quite quite exciting to see um, so one thing just to, to note before we go, and if you are listening to this episode sort of as it goes out, um, or within a few days after, there's a couple of open calls um, for Dundee Design Festival out at the moment that close on the 11th of March. Um, so one is looking for designers to come and create products live at the festival, um, and the second one is looking for projects that are um, looking at our theme, which is livable, lovable cities, um, to come and get involved in the exhibition portion of the festival um, so if they're of interest head to dundeedesignfestival.com to get all the details um, but you have to do that before midnight on the 11th of March because that's the deadline 2019 <laughs> yeah I mean I'm, I'm assuming people will get around to listen to it this year you'd hope you never know but yeah well, that's true um, yeah so uh, it's time to end the episode yep shall we push the read button push the button <laughs> So hello, my name is James Gilchrist and I am the co-founder and creative director of Graphic Design Festival Scotland and a design agency called Warriors Studio. Yeah, Warriors was started by Beth Wilson and I in our final year at university and off the back of basically not being happy enough or not, not feeling like our work was being critiqued or um, criticised hard enough by tutors and other classmates so we just started shredding each other's work apart and formed a, a good basis for collaboration from there. Is that where the Warriors came from? Is it like a, you know... You, it's one of the places. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting that you didn't you didn't feel you were getting critiqued hard enough because I've done a I've done a, a short stint at lecturing and I got um, I, I got some, quite a lot of backlash from students for being too hard and I, didn't, I, I wasn't actually being that hard on them. Uh, I was trying to be quite nice. But I mean, it is amazing that you would hold yourself to a higher standard than what the university would expect, if you like. I don't know. I guess it's just in our personality. We're both quite brutal people. 
But I think I, I mean that as well. I think that's a really healthy <clears throat> attitude, especially in design, like um, the sort of concept of critical feedback um, and critical discussion around work. I don't think it happens often enough, and people are far too easily offended. <laughs> I think, and you need to. If you can't defend your work, then you should be better, right? Yeah, for sure. Well, I've, I've noticed a lot of the stuff we've been doing with, you know, within cities and stuff, within you know, public sector. If you're critical at all, people get really upset, right, really fast. Like, and in, in the background of design, you're critical all the time, um, and you're used to it, and that's that's how you get better at things. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And do you think? I mean, has that played a, a role in the sort of dynamic of how you guys have built the studio? Like that sort of critical thought and thinking and approach to it. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, yeah, I think everything we do has to be up to a certain standard. And we know that each other are going to be honest and open and upfront. And I think being honest and open with each other from the start was a big thing. So if either one of us wasn't pulling our weight or was not doing something that the, the other didn't agree with or didn't think the weight was getting pulled, we're both very quick to say that <laughs> and get on each other's backs, which I think is kind of given us a good base to work from moving forward and made sure that yeah we don't yeah we make things make sure things are done properly and keep each other on our toes <laughs> so where did the the initial idea or concept of graphic design festival scotland come from uh so the both of us have different memories from where it came from um beth rightly remembered that at uni there was a, a project in fourth year where so in fourth year at ECA, they run this incredible thing called the Agency Project, where at every year and every point on the graphic design course, you are operating in an agency that works both inside and outside of uni. And the agency is run entirely by students. So with fourth years as creative directors, third years seniors, um, second year midway, and first year junior. So within the Agency Project that one day a week is dedicated to um, there's set projects along the way and one of them used to be an event that your agency was challenged with hosting an event, running an event both for fun but also commercially to, to operate as a business and they cut it the year that we were doing our, running our agency. The agency project is still going strong but the event was cut and Beth and I really wanted to organise an event or something anyway and we thought oh we'll do a one day event of workshops or something with people that we think are really exciting in design and then it snowballed from one day two day three day four day and then it became five day festival and that is what is now graphic design festival scotland which is now so you've had five iterations if you like of the five years of the of the festival um so how how have you seen that change over the sort of five year period it's uh, it's changed in size, it's changed in quality, the audience has changed each year and I think our interests and tastes in design have changed and that's maybe been reflected in the style of the identity, the programme, the content and the profile of the people that's been involved every year gets higher and higher and higher and yes, I, I don't think it's taken any like rapid change in direction it's almost just been a an organic evolution from the first year it's still the same festival with the same values with the same base program but just bigger and hopefully better so what what are those like core values for the festival um so one of the biggest things organizing it was to try and build a stronger community around design in scotland and bring all of the great people that are doing good work together at one point every year 
um, whether it's just to socialize or work together or you know share experiences and learn from each other and another thing was to connect students and in industry because when we were at university we felt like working in the industry was on a rope bridge that was four miles long and completely unachievable even though it was just a couple of emails away but there was this false perception that it's impossible and was that why you set up your own studio because of that um maybe yeah i'm not sure i think we just set up our own studio because we enjoyed working together and we'd we were working on work outside of university or while we were at university winning pitches and already operating like a, a real and in inverted commas studio without realizing it and then we're, we're almost tied into having to start the studio because we applied for something called the Deutsche Bank Award which was a, a grant for £10,000 open to creative projects and proposals that were feasible businesses and we had to develop a 12-month um, strategy and three-year business plan and we approached it with a two-pronged attack Warrior Studio, Graphic Design Festival Scotland and evidenced why it would work and why we were the right people and all this sort of thing. And then we won the award, we got the money and we were in a 12-month contract to deliver what we said we were going to deliver. And then that really did kickstart everything because we then had a studio over our heads paid for. We had the basic things we had, we needed to, to get started and that was it. You've created these sort of pillars for the festival if you like so these things that have existed as concepts throughout so they've been constants throughout every all five festivals um so you want to explain a little bit about how each of those came about and what they are yeah so the so each part of the program i think was a design solution to problems that we saw while we were at university so the live project is a project that unites students and industry in scotland where there's an open set brief set by a member of a, a jury and all the student and recent grad participants respond to the brief independently but within a group of 10 to 20 people and those groups of 10 to 20 people are directed and supported by a Scottish design agency or studio. So a Scottish design studio gets to work on a project over two days with a small group of um, up and coming designers so they get to know each other, they share industry level advice, how they would approach things and students get to work on something in a high pressure, tight turnaround environment, be really creative and approach something that's, the brief tends to be quite open and a bit of a mindfuck. So it really is uh, a challenge and it's just a good way for people to to develop their practice and also to, to meet other people, meet other students, meet other recent grads and meet the design industry on a personal level and not sit in an office with a portfolio on a desk saying, please, can you give me a job? And, um, and then at the end of it, the two people in each group um, are offered internships by the design agency who've had the chance to work with the people over two days so they know who they think will fit well with them, they know the standard of the work, they know how they think, um, and it's just a, a good personal experience that can then evolve into something more formal like employment or something like that. And I think just under 20 people through the live project are now in full-time jobs as a result of the project. So we know each year it works. So that's that's one event that's been present every year. And they're all in Glasgow, are they? Uh, all over Scotland. All over, right. All over. And like you, so you've obviously got the, the exhibition portion of, of that as well, and where it's a sort of open call for submissions. So how's that? 
how does that work and how has that changed <laughs> over over time so the poster competition and exhibition was something that was was on our mind we thought about holding some sort of competition and then we were invited to Chaumont in France to the International Centre of Graphic Design there um, to represent Scotland at this international diffusers meeting before we'd even run the festival which was absolutely mental and we felt totally underqualified and like a complete fraud which we still do to a certain extent but um, their entire festival which is now run for more than 20 years is founded on a poster competition and exhibition and seeing the work in Chaumont in the exhibition in France totally blew our minds like rocked our worlds we pretty much shit our pants when we saw the posters and our thoughts of what good exciting graphic design was was superseded in a matter of seconds and it was just amazing we thought what the hell we should do something like this and then we did the poster competition <laughs> I, I was going to ask this question at the start and I, I forgot about it and, and it's actually probably a good point to ask it now um, what is graphic design? I think there's a, a traditional definition of graphic design and then I think there's the huge fluid concept of what graphic design is and can be that it is now which I think communication design describes much better so I guess it's the a strategic application of thought to deliver a result which is communication led visually, visually? could be visually wouldn't have to yeah, be yeah. so I, I would still consider things like an event could still be fall under the remit of graphic design if you're trying to solve a communication problem and the best way to solve it would be an event that brings people together to discuss something in my head that could still fall under graphic design in a way, Graphic Design Festival Scotland is just a solution to a problem that we, we saw. So that's kind of like a graphic design project, even though it's a programme of events. I guess if I was being cantankerous, is that not just design without the graphic? But, you know, should... should does, does <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Because, <laughs> um, I mean, that, that, that's, that's something we've discussed on and off through the, the series of podcasts is, is kind of, you know, design and broader and where it fits. And, and yeah, that's why I was keen to ask that question. It's It's... So is there no temptation from you guys to expand out beyond just graphic design to, to move the festival into other areas of design or just design, just cut off the graphic bit? It's something a lot of people have asked and it's a nice thought but graphic design is what we do, it's what we live and breathe and it takes a lot of energy even to stay on top and aware of what's going on in the graphic design world, never mind the other 50 plus disciplines within design so we're definitely not qualified and not the right people to do that but i'm sure if you had a um more experience and awareness of all the other aspects or a bigger team it would be possible but now we definitely would not be interested in doing that do you find running graphic design festival scotland allows you to keep on top of stuff is that part of your own personal sort of research i don't know i'm definitely like a an internet addict so i would probably do it all and I think we are, as a, a team, very uh, interested in current affairs in the scene and in the industry, so we'd probably do that whether the festival's there or not. But being that that way inclined, it's easier to do a festival or it's, a festival is easier to produce because we're kind of tuned into what's going on and well, we enjoy it and we love it. And, I mean, you talked about the, the initial year, so getting that sort of seed funding to get things going. Um, but how have you sort of developed the financial model um, over the sort of subsequent years? I think the 
financial model is difficult. We, from the start, we knew that the festival would not be possible without ticket sales. So from day one, we wanted to make sure that everything we sold a ticket for was desirable, it was high quality, there was nothing else like it and that people genuinely would pay money for it and see value in paying money for it, which has worked because almost every programme of 20 to 30 events sells out every year. Um, and that's something we've continued and tried to increase the prices a little bit each year. Um, and on top of that, on top of the ticket sales, as we spoke about earlier, um, get a small amount of public funding which we apply for specifically for individual events like last year's business bootcamp, which was 12 speakers, 12 topics, um, 12 key things that people should know and think about if st trying to start a creative business, not specifically graphic design, but any sort of creative business. So that was something that there was dedicated public funding for. And then of course there's sponsorships and partnerships with companies or organizations who pay to reach our audience or to uh, work on a bespoke project together that's related to the festival or, yeah and then there's other things like the poster book where we edit and publish a book each year alongside the festival and that's sold for money and these are all things that have grown and been added on each year so I think each year we try and think of new revenue streams that we can bring in to make the festival more sustainable and obviously increase what's there before. Um, I want to ask about the um, the nitty gritty event. Um, obviously you talk about, so each each portion of the festival has come from a, a problem or a need or a want that you're trying to answer. Um, so where did, where did the nitty gritty event come from? The uh, nitty gritty event came from lots of conversations with our studio friends at Cause and Effect and other design studios in Glasgow and realizing that there's not a lot of places or platforms for designers to talk about all of the stuff outside of the work and it's something that's not really talked about i think in the industry very much in general i know it's nice that we're doing some really good articles on on the same topics recently like the nuts and bolts like costing pitching when shit hits the fan like hiring firing all the stuff that at university you wouldn't even consider and, and isn't touched on by the course because the course is all about the work and producing work and the design but actually designs maybe 30% of the bigger picture so the nitty gritty was our attempt at trying to open a conversation about the other 70% which is equally if not more important than the actual design work. Are there any of these events that you've run that you would consider sort of building into like a franchise and putting across the other parts of the world and let other people run them and seeing how you can make money from them that way? Well, top form was our first um, step towards that and the plan is to, in the name, is to not make it limited to graphic design but potentially in future let it grow or be its own standalone independent event because it really is just a conference mm -hmm. for the creative industries. Um, so that is, is an idea for sure. So that, yeah, I mean, I suppose in the in the theme of being open and honest, <laughs> like we talked about, now I'm going to put you in a corner. Um, <laughs> no, but like what? So it'd be good to find out some of the things that haven't worked over those five years and the things that, that so that you've learned from and that have come out of those sort of failures. Oh, there's lots of things that haven't worked. The stuff that doesn't work every year. Um, everything from so very simple thing in the first year when you're organising the first event you've ever organised and you, you think, oh, we need the venue, the people, blah, blah, blah. Something you would never think about is bins. 
So, yeah, just simple things like, okay, there's no bins, so there's mountains of rubbish piling up and we have no bins and we don't know where to find any bins and we're nowhere anywhere near a shop and people are complaining because there's nowhere to put rubbish and it stinks. What did you, <laughs> what did you do? Um, phoned phoned for help and got some bins delivered. <laughs> Delivery. <laughs> <laughs> no, thankfully it was the, the first year and both of both Beth best parents and my parents were like knew we were taking on a task that was well out with our um <laughs> out with our capabilities. So we phoned um all of them to see if anyone was available for half an hour and could bring some bins and thankfully yeah. Thank, they, they kindly saved us and got some bins but there's m- other m- much bigger things as well like partnerships not going well or um, you know saying we're going to promote XYZ and then just being so caught up and stressed and short staffed that you can't deliver what, what we promised we would and m- machinery and equipment going breaking and oh, anything is anything's possible upsetting people because you've not had the time or the yeah it's I think that, that, going wrong. Yeah, that over-promising thing is probably something that's that's you know something that we we think a lot about when we're doing our festival this year. And it's it's, it's like you know, what do you say you're going to do versus what you're going to be realistically <laughs> able to to achieve? Because we have all these ideas, and it's like they're all valid ideas, but without the resource, you can't you can't make them. You you have to look at things like the fire festival, for example. As a, <laughs> you, you must have watched that. Yeah, uh, of course, uh, it's fantastic. It, it, it's probably a bit too close to the bone, isn't it, <laughs> if you organise things like that. You, you see where they're going wrong yeah. almost immediately. But then hindsight is a wonderful thing, right? Watching a camera crew follow them around and seeing all the things that are going wrong. And <laughs> when you're actually in the moment, I imagine it's far more difficult. Um, but then I suppose a valuable skill is to have that perspective, being able to step back and sort of actively look at the problems as they as they arise or before they arise i suppose yeah definitely i think it's you know each year it is easier to solve problems that were an issue in the past but then there's also some things that just cannot be solved or fixed or things that are there's always issues out with your control i think the fifth year was the first time we always do feedback forms and work out what what can be better next time from the first time i think 80 percent of the issues were out with our control so things like the room was fucking boiling. It's like, well, we we actually don't have control of the heating, and neither do neither does the venue because it's controlled externally by a council and blah blah blah. It's, yeah, it's a huge process and things like um, the internet in a certain area of the building didn't work. So, well, that's unfortunately that's not something. The things like that, but and new problems obviously arise every year. What I'm interested in is like, so what what are your guys like sort of measures of success for the for the festival? What is it that when you can sit back and look at it afterwards that you feel actually yeah i'm really proud of that or that was what really worked and like, mm. so what what are you looking for out of it at the end i think that's a really good question um so before it even starts the first measure of success is have tickets sold have people booked are people engaging with it online is it receiving press and the media um you know is there a want and a need so that's the first thing before it even happens that's our first kind of bit of confidence or bit of nervousness that okay it is it's 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 wanted people are into it and then i guess the next is that people actually turn up to all the events and that's the next like okay good okay that's it's, it's, it's happening and then the next is speaking to people and seeing if people actually enjoyed it 
receiving emails and comments and things after saying like, what a brilliant night I met so and so and now I'm doing this or um, I learned so much in the last two days and all these sort of things and then beyond that is that we have enough money left over at the end of the day that we can do it again and that we don't fall to bits and that we can improve on the last time and that it's that we still enjoy it and there's still more fun to be had because i mean it must put a massive amount of pressure on a, a pretty small team to produce an event which is quite a large scale yeah so how do you manage that sort of like the i mean a lot of the stuff of um like mental health and sort of physical health throughout that time <laughs> obviously there's like sort of real big crunch periods yeah and how do you manage that it's so hard to manage it i think we can do it as much as you can up until the event starts and then there's so many things that you don't have control of and then there's the aftermath that you can't even plan for so like, like i said earlier three months after the festival just totally in a dark hole and i think the only there's there was nothing i could have done before other than work less and do less but if you do less and you work less then you're not going to deliver what you're hoping to deliver or live up to the expectation or do what you set out to do so i think it's a trade-off and i guess it's a a sacrifice to a degree that you constantly have to weigh up whether it's worth it but i think mental and physical health for all of us definitely takes or definitely dealt a massive blow as a result of the festival both before during and after especially after <laughs> so what kind of things are you catching your eye at the moment in, in design and graphic design particularly are you keeping an eye on there's small things like new little interactive things that people are doing online and the all the new stuff that's happening with digital like responsive stuff on websites with like type or um, animated SVGs and just like fun little treats but I think as well there's also, I feel like there's a surge of independence in design at the moment and people really being successful at being, you know, one man band or standalone illustrators or standalone designers becoming so strong that their profile is higher and bigger and they're taking on bigger jobs that, you know, large agencies would take on, which I think is really exciting. Do you think that puts the agency model under threat? I wouldn't say under threat, I think there's plenty of space for it all to coexist, but I think it's a really, <clears throat> it's a really interesting thing happening. Autonomy is, yeah, it's, it's a massive thing at the moment. I think it's great. I mean, I, I mean, that's one of the reasons why we set up our studio is to, to sort of challenge that traditional agency model and this model of financial growth and the amount of people that you employ and saying, well, actually, we can produce a better result and a more creative result on a smaller scale, I think. I mean, a lot of the guys that you're working with for the festival operate studios that are of a much smaller scale than the traditional uh, agencies. So you see that as a, a definite trend and something that that's going we're going to see more and more in the future as this sort of prevailing smaller agency model. I think so for sure. I think don't know if it put, puts my foot in it, but I think depending on the type of work, it's better suited to smaller more agile teams that can be more responsive especially with something like design or a creative service i don't know if larger organizations where things move a bit slower can actually be a hindrance to some things um but who knows i'm sure there's lots of factors but i think it's definitely a good thing so you're currently setting up a, a third business at the moment do you, do you want to explain a little bit about that yeah for sure so <clears throat> the third business is born from 
almost slightly connected to the live project, but not. So it's an international dedicated jobs board for the creative industries because we felt a lot of the jobs boards that exist online are pigeonholed to specific areas, like geographical areas, or locked into a certain discipline. And we felt there was a, a lack of a kind of overarching mother or umbrella that you could find jobs in America or Asia or UK for both, you know, kind of high profile brands and even one man band studios. And also because we find it's quite difficult to, to find talent as a studio. Even though there's lots of people sending CVs, a lot of them are kind of out of the blue and not really the right fit for the studio. So, and also jobs boards are so expensive. We, we looked at doing some advertisements on jobs boards and they're dear, which is fine for a big agency to say, oh yeah, we'll put a few hundred quid on that and just put it up. But for a small team, say you're advertising in 10 jobs boards, a few hundred quid, it's, their money stacks up. So we basically changed the business model from the jobs board perspective and just trying to make things easier. So it's a pound a day to advertise. That's it, simple as that. Pound a day to advertise, free for anyone who's searching. Um, if anyone wants to find your guys, the studio or the festival, where where does that exist? <laughs> the festival and studio exist on the internet and in physical, <laughs> in a physical room in Glasgow. The studio online is warriorsstudio.com. The festival is gdfs.uk and they're both on all the social media stuff and we are based in a building called SWG3 in Glasgow. Okay, thanks very much. Excellent, great. Thank you so much. Cheers, guys. Okay, so that was James Gilchrist. Um, That was quite an interesting chat he had there about uh, the Sign Festival, particularly challenges that they they have faced. Um, I can kind of relate quite a bit to the the bin story. Um, we've been involved with a number of things over the years and I think, you know, these sort of small challenges are things that you, you don't think about. You're thinking about the bigger things all the time and then you, you suddenly, you know, you do the event or you, you start the, the process um, uh, running and you realise that you've made a, a very small but important error and it's that ability to fix these things quickly that's important. Yeah, I think also what was interesting, they were talking about this sort of critical voice. Um, and when they felt that the art school didn't necessarily have a critical enough voice and they sort of held themselves to a bit of a higher level which I think is nice yeah I find that kind of really interesting because it's something that we talk a lot about and not you know we may, may find the challenges of not of being critical with other people and them not taking it maybe as well as we would have thought they would have done um, so to actually see people at an educational level feeling that they're not being criticised enough um, I, I just thought it was really it's really it's a bold but important point that they made yeah and I think it's it's important as a designer to have the ability to take critical feedback um, and the ability to give good critical feedback that um, is also constructive um, instead of being destructive and I think that kind of comes across as well when they're talking about going out to that poster competition in France where they mm. They'd um, seen the, the, this sort of really high standard of, of design that was going on there and they kind of realised that, you know, they thought they were doing okay and they thought things were good and, you know, they realised actually there's an awful lot better stuff out there and we need to kind of raise our game and I think that's that's where that kind of can play a really important role. 
Mm-hmm. And it's sort of given that perspective beyond your the people you work with, beyond your city, beyond your country. It's like there's this, it's a massive world out there with a lot of designers. It's great to have that that perspective and, and look for inspiration across across the world. It's also really easy in this world to just rely on the internet for all your inspiration and kind of get sucked into the same sort of repetitive cycles of of, of visuals because that's the thing you like. Um, so sometimes taking yourself away from that comfort zone and being presented with stuff that you might not have otherwise have looked up is really interesting and, yeah. and valuable cool. um, so yeah if you've got a thought or an opinion <laughs> um, you can drop us a, a tweet or an Instagram message it's at agency of none um, yeah and you should be able to find the podcast um, on all good podcasting platforms if you want to subscribe to it it's the best way I think now we've opened ourselves up for people criticising as well So. oh yeah absolutely um, we're up for some critical feedback so yeah send us a tweet <laughs> just just don't make it too harsh <laughs> harsh but fair fair think, yeah. yeah as long as it's a val- valid point <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, cool right, that's it let's, um, let's push the button